You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome, folks. Welcome. You are tuned in to America's Web Radio. This is On Point with Victor. I am Victor Armendariz. Boy, folks, it is a pleasure to come to you today from uh, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. You know, those of you who listen uh, every week know that we're 2 to 3, but the uh, legend Dave has graced us with an extra hour today just because of the craziness that that is going on. I want to get into a few things today. Um, I'm hoping that in the 2 o'clock hour that um, we'll have Harold Dennis stop by. Uh, he's a black man. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a special guest as well stop by uh, of the, uh, let's just say, the younger generation minority. And and I, I want to get the perspective from these two, uh, just, just, just to hear what they have to say on what they, uh, what they see with this Black Lives Matter and what it's turned into. Folks, if you don't know what Black Lives Matter really stands for, well, don't worry. Most people don't know what it stands for. Uh, if you're a Hollywoodian, if you're if you're afraid of your own shadow corporate guy like uh, the commissioner for the NFL or uh, uh, some of these other major companies that are falling over themselves right now to to kneel somewhere or to uh, 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 just say that all Black Lives Matter as if all lives didn't matter, as if we as consumers needed to be told on a daily basis that uh, Black Lives Matter, not just white lives, brown lives, yellow lives. I mean, it is getting to be preposterous. Now, in in the days of the old Soviet Union, in the days of the Gulag, in the days of Malpot, in the uh, Palpot and Mao, uh, you are now seeing the the movement that is happening right now turn into. I mean, just look at history, folks. You know, you hear me all the time say that that everything that we're seeing today, everything, every tactic that we're seeing used has been done. These people learned it somewhere. This isn't new. These tactics aren't new. Um, all of these tactic that, tactics that you are seeing with the mobs have been done throughout history. And if you just pay attention and listen and then go do some research, go research uh, Pol Pot, go research Mao Zedong, Go research Stalin. Uh, research deep into the, the the histories of the Soviet Union. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, if you want a a, a good read, uh, go, you don't even have to read the whole thing because it's a hard read. But go look up a book called the the uh, oh, it's going to escape me. The uh, it's called the Gulag Archipelago. <laughs> probably saying this wrong see the spanish wants to take over and i want to pronounce everything with a spanish accent uh but go find a book called the gulag archipelago go look that up that was written uh by a a guy by the name of alexander uh i believe is i'm probably pronouncing that wrong it's russian i have a russian listener out there oh actually a few russian listeners out there maybe they can help me with the pronunciation but go look that up you want to see what a labor camp was? You want to see what the gulag was? You want to see the tactics that are being used today that were used early in the 1900s? I, 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 or, well, it's, gosh, we're probably looking about 1918, 19, you know, around there, maybe 19, all the way up to the 1950s or so. But uh, anyway, go look it up. Go do some research. Because what we're seeing now 
And the reason, and you're seeing these Hollywood people and their kids and other young people being targeted, being forced to kneel, kneel at the at the feet of a Black Lives Matter movement. And you're seeing uh, uh, corporations, CEOs, laying face down with their hands behind their back at one of these Black Lives Matter mob protest or whatever you want to call it. Um, but you're seeing this stuff. And what's happening, this happened in history, folks. When you look back, and, and like I said, look at the gulag. Uh, look at that book. Go look Look what happened back in these labor camps. Go look what happened back in these, the time period I'm telling you to go research. Now they're trying to shame. They want to shame if you're white. Man, look, I... I feel for you people out there that are just straight up Caucasian <laughs> because you have got a target on your back like you've never believed. And, and I don't mean a literal, literal, literal target, um, but you are a, a target of some irrational emotions that are happening out there. And <laughs> I, I, I tell you, it, it, it's going to be tough. If we don't get together and start educating the people who are falling for this madness, because now what you're seeing is the Black Lives Movement and the the mob movement, whatever this movement you want to call it. Look, folks, this is not about George Floyd anymore. Um, the the people that were out there peacefully, uh, that marching for George Floyd, um, I stand with them. What happened to George Floyd? You know, I don't I, I I don't have to say it again. I'm sure, but but it was awful. It was a travesty, and. There needs that police officer has already been charged multiple accounts, and then the officers around him have are also if they haven't been charged yet, they're probably going to have be uh, their charges going to be brought against them. Uh, the, the wheels of justice are working. If you are protesting for justice for George Floyd, it's happening. This officer that killed George Floyd is going to spend the rest of his life in jail. He will never see freedom again. Uh, and he's probably, let's face it, when he gets put in the uh, in the prisons, look, when you're a cop and you get put in a prison, you usually don't make it long. Uh, it's either suicide by your, your own hand or it's going to be suicide by someone else's hand. I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton is going to be involved. I'm just saying <laughs> that that cop probably ain't going to be around much longer. But look, um, if you are protesting... Because you wanted to to bring uh, light to what happened to George Floyd, I commend you. That's fine as long as it's peaceful. But what's happening today, what's happening now, has moved beyond George uh, Floyd, and it's moved to, of course, politics. And if you don't believe me, folks, go look up the website for Black Lives Matter. There's no mention over there, really, of black lives. But there's an agenda mentioned there. There's a goal mentioned there, a political goal. Look what happened in Minneapolis, uh, I believe it was yesterday or over the weekend. That little two-bit, uh, I mean, uh, Macron-looking mayor that they have, they shamed the crap out of him. And they, they, this guy backed his, you know, this guy's not that smart, and he backed himself into a corner. But the mob... The mob wasn't there to say, hey, can we work together? Can we, can we create a, a, a board so that we can talk about how can we better train officers? Uh, is there training, more training necessary? Is more funding, yes, I said it, more funding needed to do better training and to weed out the bad cops? That's the kind of conversation that we should be having, but we're not. 
no, no, we're having mobs stand up, screaming at this mayor of Minneapolis and forcing him to answer the question, will you defund the police? Because we don't want no police no more. That is what the mob was saying uh, yesterday or the day before over this weekend. And the mayor stood there and said, you know, I will commend the mayor to at least say, hey, look, we can't disband or, or abolish the police department. And that mob went crazy. They, they started screaming to get the, you know what, out. And then they screamed and screamed, get out, get out, get out, until he put his head down and walked away. Now, what should that mayor have done? He should have taken to the stage. He should have said, no, I will not get out. I am the mayor of this city. And until you put someone else here and vote me out, I am the mayor. And under no circumstance will there be any defunding of the police force under me. And here's why. That's what he should have done. But like a good little snowflake liberal that he is, he just allowed himself to be shamed. Now, folks, this is what I'm talking about when you go look at history. The Soviets did it. Uh, Pop Pot did it. Mao Zedong did it. This is what they do. They bring you out to the public square and they try and shame you. So right now, if you happen to be 100% Caucasian, <laughs> um, they want to shame you. So they and look what they're doing. They're targeting kids. They're targeting teenagers because teenagers had headfuls of mush anyway, uh, especially if they're coming out of government schools and to most colleges. Um, so they're easily must. Their their minds, their their brain, they're just not that formed yet, and they just don't know much. The problem with a lot of youth today, and the problem with a lot of even some of my Democrat friends, is they just know so much that isn't so. Especially when it comes to the young, uh, you know, 16, 17, even younger than that, but on up to college age. You haven't lived yet, folks. Believe me, I was there. I thought I knew everything. Man, by the time I hit 16 and had the car keys, I had the car keys in one hand and I had a motorcycle key in the other hand and I knew everything. That's just the way it was. My parents with lifelong experiences knew nothing, but I knew everything. And that's the way it is. So I understand. I don't begrudge kids for thinking that way. The problem is, is when the parents allow themselves to be overrun by these know-it-all teenagers. And now you've got the movement, the Black Lives Movement, these guys, they're, they're forcing these teenagers to go on YouTube, make videos, uh, Snapchat or, or, uh, Oh, gosh, I don't even know all of them. <laughs> it's pretty sad, isn't it? Um, probably showing my age a little bit. But uh, but they're using social media now to shame white kids and, and white teenagers. and stuff. So they're getting them to kneel. And now they did it to the mayor of Minneapolis. And, folks, this is what I mean by if you just look to history. None of this is new. Um, the, the tyrants and the dictators and, and these movements – they will take people of the opposite side or someone with an opposing opinion, and they will try and shame them. And then they try to get the mob to join in on the shame. And when you can shame someone on the public square, well, then you can conform them. And and it it just pains me to know when to see. Uh, look, I, I I'm not a huge watcher of the NFL, especially ever since that they the whole Kaepernick mess. Um, and I'm not going to get into that right now. And, uh, you know, the guy can protest all he wants. It's his right. But he's being paid by a private company to play football, and it ain't his right to do it right then and there when he's told not to. The rules stated that he couldn't. But, again, I'm, I don't want to rehash that right now. Um, but my problem 
just so all of you out there right now, the Democrats out there that are listening to me that are going, but it's his constitutional right. I love it when the liberals find the Constitution, by the way. But uh, look, I, I, I don't care if Kaepernick protests. He can do it all he wants. I, he can go kneel in his bathroom. He can go kneel on the street. I don't care. Um, but you don't kneel on someone else's dollar, and you don't kneel for the very flag that represents we good Americans and the people who fought so you could make millions playing a game, throwing a ball. Uh, so anyway, so but the but the commissioner has come out now and basically said, "Oh, I was wrong back then about the kneeling," and uh, and now he's saying, you know, he was wrong about that, which leads me to believe he's going to allow kneeling. So can you imagine what the new NFL season is going to look like, uh, folks? I. If you don't ever watch another NFL game right now until that commissioner, Rob, something is gone, I wouldn't blame you. Good all. Thank you, David. Yeah, good all. Um, I wouldn't blame you for one. And I know some of you out there, in fact, got some wonderful listeners in Daytona. And, uh, you know, one of them, he's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I mean, I, the guy lives in Florida. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't know. I guess they're everywhere because, you know, the Steeler fans, you know, the real team. <laughs> no, this guy's probably cussing me out right now. Um no, no, I'm kidding. I like Dallas Cowboys too, but uh, but I wouldn't blame him. He is a diehard football fan, but I, I wouldn't blame him for not watching anymore. Uh, I, I think Rob Goodell's got to go, uh, and and the, and we need to put football back to football. Sports needs to be sports. I know I'm getting uh, off track here a little bit, but um, it's just it's sad to see this thing, these things happening. Now, if you wanted to come out, and the CEOs, if they want to come out and go, look, people, all lives matter, that's fine. But it's still a little bit, you're, you're, you're really, your customer base out there doesn't need to be told that all lives matter or, or any lives because we know this. Um, all right, folks, we've got to go to a break here. I know we're moving fast, and we've got lots to say, so you hang tight. We will be right back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Broadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. See, I told you that'd be a small, short break. Uh, Okay, look. You're listening to... On point with Victor, I am Victor Armanderes. Okay, look, I, I, 
I'm going to try to slow down a little bit because I, I have so much to do. And again, thank you so much to Legendary Dave because he is allowing two hours of On Point with Victor today. And again, you're going to want to stay tuned for the second hour as well because uh, I'm hoping to have a couple of really interesting guests come in. And they can give their perspective on on uh, a few things, including the the mob that's going on now, the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on right now, and uh, the the new narrative coming out that all white people are racist. Uh, I mean, that's the new narrative coming out. Uh, the shaming that's going on, you know, all these all these things. So it'll be neat. So stay around for the second hour. Uh, but anyway, let me get back into this. So I. You you guys all you hear me say a lot about check check history, uh, go look up things. I understand that in in today's world and and it's probably the last twenty years or more, uh, government education just doesn't want to teach civics. They don't want to teach the proper history of the United States. Uh, they do quite the opposite. So I understand. Don't ever feel bad if you don't know or if you're not up on history. Um, like maybe I am. And look, folks, I don't I, – there's stuff that I have to go research all the time uh, because I may have a flicker of memory, uh, but but I don't know at all. Uh, and there's so much rich history to this nation. Um, if, if you are a Democrat out there and you're not married to the letter D, I mean you really are willing to, to have an open mind. And, and I don't say that in jest because most of the Democrats that I come across to today – have the most closed mind I've ever seen. I have never seen anything like it. Uh, today, and again, I, I can compare this to history, folks. Today's ask a, a liberal or a Democrat or a socialist Democrat or, you know, ask them, any of these activists today, ask them what is their definition of, of, of peace or, or better yet, uh, ask them what is their definition of, of 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 dialogue. What is their definition of? Uh, can we have a conversation? You know, I, I, I'm 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 searching for the right word to say, and it's not coming to me right now. But I think you get what I'm saying. And and if you don't, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. But if if you ask them that question, the answer that you're if from an honest socialist or or socialist democrat or democrat liberal, the honest answer you're going to get from them, well, is if you agree with me, then we're good. We can we can we can have a dialogue because if you don't agree, if you have an opposing view, they will try and shut you down. Folks, I it pains me, but I have some Democrat friends of mine who want when when we the people were were marching around capitals and and Michigan and some other uh, liberal governments uh, governors uh, capitals around those in those states back in April when we were marching and demanding our constitutional rights there were no riots there was no looting there was no burning of the buildings there was no burning of neighborhoods there was no burning of businesses none of that happened we marched with flags Yes, some people marched with guns, but you know what? There's a God-given Second Amendment right in the United States Constitution that gives them the right to carry that weapon. But no, no bullets were shot. No, no bullets were fired. No guns were fired. No bullets flew across anywhere. None of that happened. It was peaceful. That's what a peaceful protest looks like. But I had Democrat friends saying that they wished and hoped 
that all of those protesters, as peaceful as it was, all they were asking for were their constitutional rights to be upheld. But I had Democrats, friend, wishing and hoping, and some of them even said praying, that all of those protesters would catch the Wuhan COVID-19. And even some of them were hoping for death. Now, if you're one of those Democrats, is that the kind of American you want to be? Is that the kind of parent you want to be? Is that the example you want for your kids, for your brother, for your sister? You have dear friends. Just because they don't agree with you, do you want to wish them harm? Because you may not have been telling me that you wanted me to catch the virus and die, but I'm one of those patriots that was standing up for the rights. So if you were wishing it upon them, then it seems fair that you were wishing it on me. And I'm still your friend to this day. And those of you out there listening, you know who I'm talking about. And I'll be your friend tomorrow because I can disagree with you. I don't care. You have that right to believe whatever you want. And I would never, ever, ever, ever wish ill will on you or anyone who disagrees with me. Um, I had high, high, and those of you who have known me and listened to me, now now I wasn't on the radio in, in the, the Obama administration, but those of you who know me, I, I was hoping that he would do better. I was hoping that there was so much Obama could have done. There really, really was. But he didn't do it. His policies were terrible. Um, is Obama a nice guy? I, I bet he is. I, I venture to say he's probably uh, a good guy to sit down with and, and, and chew the fat with. Um, do I disagree with him? No. Did I guess? Did, did, did I, I mean? Did I agree with him? No. Did I disagree with him? Yes. Uh, on a policy matter, um, the Obamas have a lovely family. I never would wish any harm to any of them. Can you, as a Democrat, say the same thing? No. Many of you can't because I've seen what you've posted and I've seen what you write. You, you, you even go after the Trump kids, the Trump families. Uh, you, you go after his wife. It's amazing to me, all because they disagree with your point of view. And the greatness of this country and the reason why we are one of the few, if not only, countries in the world who can have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of nationalities that can become citizens and then vote and peacefully change the direction of this country every four years without one fire uh, weapon being fired, uh, without uh, burning down buildings, without burning down houses. Uh, We don't have to beat people to pulps. We don't have to put people in internment camps. Although I would tell you that today's government schools are pretty much in term camps. <laughs> well, maybe that's harsh. They're re-education camps. Maybe that's what I should say. Um, but folks, I want to get back to Americanism. There, you will hear Democrats come out. Oh, we should get along and love each other and blah, 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 blah. They don't mean a damn word of it. And all you've got to do is look at their actions. Just look at actions, folks. And I'm going to segue into something here, so so stay tuned, because I'm going to get into why Black Lives Matter group doesn't care about black lives, or at least not all of them. Uh, so we're going to get into some of that. So if you're a Democrat out there, you really, really, I want you to ask yourself, 
do you want to lose family members or relationships or, or boyfriends, girlfriends, or husbands and wives? Do you want to uh, lose your friendships? You know, I can't say enough about having a good set of friends. Can't say enough. Um, folks, you will go through this life. You have one life. One life to live. That's it. One life. You got to make the most of it. You have one family. You have one father and one mother. And if you don't honor them every day, the day is going to come where you're going to regret it. And you may have a few brothers. You may have a few sisters, cousins, grandmothers. The day is going to come when those grandmothers and grandfathers aren't going to be there. Did you resent them or did you put a good example for them? This is the, these are the things, and, and I know I, I, I've gotten a little bit uh, off topic here, but this is strong, folks. This is a, this is a, uh, an issue that we really need to address, and, and it has to come from within. And, and it's something that I just right now I feel like I need to get out. And you Democrats love emotions. Well, I'm going to pour some emotions out to you right now because you have one life. You have one family. And if you're a kid out there who, who won't speak to your parents for some stupid reason, and folks, let me get, let me tell you folks, if you're not speaking to your parents or to a family member, I guarantee you it's a, it's, it's a dumb reason. You've got one life. You've got one family. Make the most of it. Make amends if you need to. Because if you start there, then we can start making amends and we don't need these mobs. And then we don't get we don't get pressured by these mobs. You can stand up to the mobs. Folks, there is a reason that we are not a democracy. You will never once not ever, ever, ever hear me on this show call the country of the United States a democracy. Because we are not. If you want to see what democracy is, look at Minneapolis. Look at what they did. Look at what the mob did. A democracy is a straight-up mob rules. Look it up, folks. Look it up. If you didn't learn that in school, it's okay because now you can look it up yourself. Uh, DuckDuckGo is a click away. Uh, Google is a click away. Um, Bing is a click away. Click away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Yahoo is a click away. I mean, just go look things up. But if yeah, you know, I'm always telling you to look up history, uh, but and now you have no excuse not to. So I'm just saying. Take a look at yourself because if you're harboring anger, your life is going to be so, 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 so hard. And life is hard anyway. Look, we're in a country, well, we're trying to be a country of freedom and liberty. And that with freedom and liberty comes responsibility. With responsibility comes hard. It's hard. It's just not easy. It's hard. And uh, so life can be hard. And if you go through it angry or a chip on your shoulder, then let me tell you, it's you're going to make it that much harder. Okay. Stay tuned. When we come back, I'm going to get into another a personal story, and you're going to want to hear this. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to On Point with Victor, America's Web Radio. And I'm going to take this opportunity to announce that uh, we're going to have a new sponsor coming on board with America's Web Radio. This is a very, very unique product <clears throat> that uh, works with your heating and air conditioning system, and it kills mold, mildew, and much, much more in your air conditioning and ventilation system. This will, again, it kills mold, mildew, and much, much more. The much, much more you can put two and two together and figure out what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a very 
for what you get, it's a very inexpensive system, and you'll be learning more and more about it on our homepage, uh, continually on the radio station, and every show and every home should think about getting one of these units. They We have both a commercial unit and a residential unit. So stay tuned as you find out more about this amazing product that kills mold, mildew, and much more. We'll be back with On Point with Victor right after this. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, folks. So I, I want to, uh, if you'll indulge me, um, I want to address, look, I mentioned earlier that uh, the, the narrative going around now is uh, all white people are racist and Caucasians are, are, you know, or Caucasians, however you want to say it. Um, and and this, is, this is an awful, awful, awful road to go down. Um, there are some very, very good people out there. And... Uh, they haven't been, never have been, aren't, never will be racist. And to pile people into a group like that is is awful. You yourself wouldn't want to be called a racist. Think about it. If you're if you're one of my uh, Latino friends out there, you're one of my Hispanic friends, you're one of my um, wherever you're from, because <laughs> I have a very eclectic group of friends. Uh, how would you like to be called? Uh, and just think of the any disparaging name that that is tied to your race or your creed. Um, you wouldn't like it. Um, you wouldn't be like to call it a murderer if you're not a murderer. I mean, you wouldn't like to be. They're just just think about it. And to group all white people into a category as as ugly as as calling them all racist just because there was a a bad cop. Um, and and honestly, this has gone beyond that. Like I said before, but I have some friends. Look, 
I've got a group of friends, and again, I, I'm thankful every day for the group of friends that I have. And I have a close, very close-knit group of friends, and then you've got another friend circle and another friend circle and another friend circle. And, and it's great because I've got the friends I've been friends with since I was a kid, and then the, the, the new friends that come into the group and the new friends. And then I've got uh, people I play soccer with, and I've played soccer with them for 10 years or more. These are all friends of mine. We don't agree on everything, and and that is the way it should be around. I mean, it's fine. We don't have to always agree. But this is how ugly this is getting right now because now I have seen friends of mine who are, say, Latino or Hispanic go after friends of mine who happen to be Caucasian, and they want to shut down their opinion because of the color of their skin. Let me rephrase that to you people in case you aren't listening or in case you missed it. The very thing that you want to protest for or you say you're protesting for, you're doing. To sit there and say, because of the color of your skin and the fact that you disagree with me, you need to shut up. You have no life experience to talk to me because of the color of your skin. That's pretty messed up, folks. But that's going on. And if it's going on in my friend circle, I can imagine what it's going on everywhere else. And well, actually, we can just look on TV and see where this is going. Um, but if a group, big group of friends like I have, that we all play soccer together and, and things like that, uh, ride motorcycles together, and some of them are shouting down friends they've had for years because of the color of their skin now imagine if it were going the other way what if what if what if our our caucasian friend said well you're brown you don't really know what what uh, my family went through or or whatever or uh, you wouldn't like it and you would really be calling them names but the fact that we have some caucasian friends who have a different point of view politically you want to shut them down and the reason is you point out the color of their skin. Pretty, pretty messed up. Well, I want to I, I want to just do a little story here. And some of you may have heard this, but some of you haven't. So I'm going to get into this. And we get new listeners all the time. So I, I want to point this out. Or I want to say this. Um, the other thing that I see some of my, my, my minority friends fire off at my Caucasian friends is that you don't know what it's like. You're not poor. You you didn't grow up poor. How the hell do you know? There are plenty of white people that grow up poor. I got news for you. Uh, but then I have minority friends that tell them not just that that okay you your 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 skin color is this so you can't possibly know this or you can't possibly please I, I don't want to hear it. So I'm going to bring this to me. Let me tell you how I grew up because I grew up a minority and not only did I grow up a minority. I grew up, <laughs> folks, I reached five feet, maybe five foot two or three when I had the right shoes on, and I stopped. So not only was I a minority, I went through high school and college pretty much the shortest dude everywhere I went. Do you know what it's like to be the shortest dude everywhere you go? <laughs> if you don't, well, I'm not going to tell you to shut up because I, it's okay if you haven't. Because I can tell you what it's like. And, and then you could probably tell me an experience that you've had. There are tall people out there that go through life being the tallest person in the room, and they have just as much problems or, or they get ridiculed maybe as much as I did. But let me tell you something that happened to me very early in life. You see, 
I had a father that came to this country who was also a minority. Uh, he came to this country and couldn't speak, couldn't speak a word of English, but he came here anyway. Um, he had a decent life in a third world country, but he wanted better. He wanted more. And while he was growing up in this third world country, he kept hearing about this place called the United States. He kept hearing about a dream. He kept hearing about the American dream. And so as he got older, he kept, I got, I got to go. I got to go to the United States. I got to go see this. I got to go to America. I got to go see what it's like. So when he got to his 20 years old, 21 years old, he packed up, came up to the United States, came up through Texas, came and spent time in Chicago, spent time in the Carolinas, and ended up, ended up in Atlanta. Along the way, he learned English. He worked as a busboy. He worked as a waiter. He worked in hospitals, cleaning up hospital rooms. Uh, there were times when he worked no less than three jobs at a time, all while learning English. So here's a man, or at this point, young, very young person, 20, 21 years old, who's having to learn English, having to deal with an accent, having to deal with being brown, and doing all of this in the 1960s here in the United States. But he did it. He learned the language. He dealt with his accent. He got educated. He went to schools. He went to college, the colleges here in the United States, paid his way through because he worked no less than three jobs at a time most of the time. And then he kept working harder, kept working harder. And then he met my mom. And then they bought, had a little apartment. My father, my mother, because if you haven't figured it out, I'm talking about my father. But my father, my mother, and my older sister had an apartment. It wasn't a rich, fancy, luxury apartment. It barely fit the three of them. But you know what? It was a roof over their heads. And every day he'd get up in the morning and he'd work 8, 10, 12, or more hours a day. So he could keep that roof over their heads. And then he saved enough money to go buy a house for 17000 bucks. Wasn't a big house. Wasn't a luxury house. Didn't have a gate around it. Didn't have a fence. Didn't have a wall. It was just a house. And then they had my brother and then me. And then my brother, you know, my mom didn't know when to stop. So anyway, so the point is, as I came along and grew up and my, and my brothers and sisters, and we watched my father work hard. I mean, my father didn't make every soccer game. My father didn't make every baseball game. My father didn't make all the, the school conferences. Um, there were times when I'm pretty sure my teachers thought that I that my mother was a single mom <laughs> because that's who came to school. That's who did the disciplining. That's who, whenever I did, it, not that I did anything wrong, but, but if I got in trouble in school, it was my mom that came. And then on the rare occasion when my dad had time, he would. Because, and it wasn't because he didn't want to be there. It was because he had to work. Somebody had to provide. And, and maybe it was a little tougher for him being uh, brown and having an accent and not having a great command on the English language. Maybe it was harder for him. But you know what I never, ever heard my father say? Never heard him say, I'll never make it, son, because that white guy over there won't let me. I'll never make it, son, because that white lady or person over there won't let me. Never once did he say that. Never once did my father sit me down and say... You're going to be limited on what you want to do because of the white world. 
the white man and the white world. My father never said the founding of this country was white. So therefore, you can never make it. He never said that, not once, not ever, folks. The message that I got from my father was, hey, you've got this life to live. And you're in the greatest country in the world. No other country like it. Whatever you want to do to succeed, you're going to be able to succeed. That's the message I got. And then when I got to high school, <laughs> and well, I, it was it was later in high school and probably college when I realized how short I was. I really didn't know, and I and I attribute it to my father and my mother. The way they treated me, they never ever ever said you're short, deal with it. They never said you're short, people are going to make fun of you. They never pointed it out. I didn't know I was short until I really probably. About the time I got to college. And then I started looking up in the quad going, holy crap, I'm short. (laughs) But my point here, folks, is my parents didn't put a chip on my shoulder. Instead, they put the light of freedom and liberty and independence. They put that spirit in me. And, you know, everyone is born with that spirit. It just has to be, it has to be, uh, uh, let's just say it has to be built up. It has to be fueled. And good parents will fuel that spirit of individuality in their kids, hopefully. Uh, But my parents did it to me. And by fueling that individuality in me and fueling my confidence, I grew up not knowing how short I was. And, and, and it didn't matter that I was brown and Hispanic. It didn't matter. You know, I grew up learning two languages. I thought everybody grew up learning two languages. I didn't know. Because it just wasn't pointed out to me that nobody... It, Negatives weren't pointed out to me. Let's put it that way. Positives were pointed out to me. You can do this. You can do that. Um, Were there times when my parents made fun of me for the dreams that I had? Absolutely. What family doesn't? But they never said you can't do it because of the white America. In fact, I never heard the term white America until I got into politics. So my message here, folks, is if you've got a chip on your shoulder... Find out where that chip came from and knock it off. We'll be right back. This is America's Web Radio on Point with Victor. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion 
on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. And we're back. Uh, thanks again, folks, for listening. Uh, I can't thank you enough. I'm getting some feedback, and thank you so much. Love it, love it, love it. If you have any questions, do not ever hesitate to send me questions. You can jump on live and send me a question uh, through the Facebook, America's Web Radio Facebook page. Uh, you can send me an email, victor at americaswebradio.com, victor at americaswebradio.com. Uh, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Radio Victor, uh, Radio Victor. Also, you can follow America's Web Radio. We really appreciate it. Uh, please uh, follow, share, do all those wonderful things. The, the more people we get, the better. Um, we can't do this for free, folks. <laughs> so, uh, I'm on Twitter also. Uh, also Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. Just make sure you spell it right. It's Victor Armendariz, A-R-M-E-N-D-A-R-I-Z. So uh, thank you again so much uh, for listening. And, uh, folks, I know that last segment uh, – it may have had an emotional charge to it, but I really, really, really want to uh, – I, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. And, and I want you to stay for the 2 o'clock hour because of the guest I'm going to have because I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to back up and probably have a similar story to what I have. Uh, you guys that are out there that I that I mentioned before, if, if you have a chip on your shoulder, you really, really need to figure out why. Why is there a chip on your shoulder? And then ask yourself, why do you want to go through life and make life harder? Because life ain't easy as it is, but you're going to make it harder because you got a chip on your shoulder. And, and if your instinct, every time something happens, look, it, if you're poor right now, if you haven't achieved everything you want to achieve, it's not because somebody's holding you back. It's because you've got a chip and you're holding yourself back. Uh, if you're in this country, you set, set goals for yourself because you can achieve them. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm a walking, talking example of that. I, I have been dead broke in my life. And I have, uh, from dead broke, went to a, a, a little better and a little better, and then to being broke again, and then to a little better and a little better, and then to doing fantastic. And I'm not ashamed to say I've, I've done fantastic for myself. And uh, that, and things change. Uh, and, you know, things happen. Um uh, and and even even right now as we speak, who knows the kinds of transitions that 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 I myself am moving into because of what uh, the virus has done and the shutdown has done to me personally as as to my business. But, but that's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into. But the point is, if you've got a chip on the show on your shoulder, if your instinct every time you feel like your life is going bad, if your instinct is to blame someone else, well then you're never going to get out of your rut. You're never going to solve anything. You've got to start with yourself. So that is my message, and, and I'll, I'll leave you with that. And uh, but again, if any of, if any of you have questions or anything, don't don't hesitate to email me, Victor at AmericasWebRadio.com, Victor at AmericasWebRadio.com. So I want to move on a little bit and get into some more news of the day. Um, I, I we I want to get into a little bit of of the economic impact that the the riots these. And I, I call them riots. I call them uh, uh, agitators because what's happening right now 
isn't in the name of George Floyd anymore, or at least it shouldn't be, because these bad apples out there that are are causing trouble, burning down buildings, they want to, and they're calling for a revolution because they want to disband police officers. Uh, I mean, this is this is ridiculous. So I want to talk about a little bit of the impact of economically that that's going to have, and I and I want to talk about the movement Black Lives Matter as a whole a little bit. But when we talk about what's going on. Uh, just from an economic stance, look at the numbers that we just had in May. 2.5 million jobs were created, and that's just basically on the backs of the red states because the, the blue states still don't want to open. So you've had Georgia open, Florida open, Texas open, uh, and Oklahoma, and you had Arkansas that never closed. You have South Dakota that never closed, uh, North Dakota. So you've got these states that now we're coming back, and those states alone – We've created 2.5 million jobs. This economy is moving. The stock market was up to 27,000. You know, folks, a few, a couple more thousand points, and we're back to where we were before the virus. And this is without the blue states even participating yet. So with these mobs that are going on out there, what kind of impact are they going to have now? Are they going to slow things down again? And I, and I think Legend Dave has a comment about this very topic. Well, you know, it's, it's not exactly a secret that uh, we were on life support as it was. That's an understatement. Yeah, because of the uh, pandemic. And, you know, it all comes back to being Americans. And we saw this. It started in uh, the L.A. riots of burning your own house down, which... That, that takes a real dummy to do that. And, uh, Think about you know, it. Oh, yeah. And then they, they burn their stores down and everything else. And, you know, we're Americans. And Americans don't destroy or don't steal, don't burn other people's property. Hmm. And uh, we're not – it's not going to affect a little bit. It's going to affect – a lot of folks in a lot of ways, and it's going to take years and years and years to recover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people can say what they want about leadership, but one, I have to give our mayor kudos for what she did. The, and, uh, the Sandy Springs mayor or the Atlanta mayor? Atlanta mayor. Atlanta mayor, okay. And, uh, yeah, she, uh, you know, she stopped it before it started, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's what every mayor, if you're going to be a leader, and you see fire on the horizon, you better call out the fire. You don't wait until it's taken over your your yeah. village, you know. You get out and you fight it. And uh, long term, I'm not worried about tomorrow as much as I am long term. Mm-hmm. And if they think they've got it, if somebody thinks they've got it bad now, wait until they can't get that loaf of bread. Wait mm-hmm. until they can't get that prescription. Wait until they can't buy the new clothes. Right. Then Basically, gonna, wait till socialism completely sets in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And this is what a lot of this was all about. And it ain't going to work, folks. It never, mm-hmm. never has, and never will. So, right. With that being said, I've said my two cents. <laughs> and legendary Dave's two cents is worth at least a dollar. <laughs> so, look. I mean, it's true. We we're teetering. Look at some of the comp- great companies that we have. Uh, look at AMC movie theaters. They're on the brink of complete destruction um they you know the movie industry because of hollywood is so woke and the american people are tired of being told they need to be woke uh they were already on the decline 
And then when the virus, you know, we shut down needlessly, I should say, that we shut down business. Now, um, AMC movie theaters, they're on the brink of not being able to make it back. And even though there are there there are restrictions being lifted, AMC still can't open because of the stupid regulations that are being put on them. So, uh, you know, the other part of this is that yes, you've got the stores that have been burned. You've got Hyundai that hadn't been open mm-hmm. in in weeks and months. Mercedes that hadn't been open in months. Right. It's the domino effect, and right. it has hurt my business. It, it mm-hmm. has hurt the radio station. Right. When uh, you know you call and say, "Will you advertise?" and they want, "Why should I? I can't open yeah, the doors." Yeah, open my doors. And uh, yes, it's it's hurt here yeah. tremendously. And uh, any help anybody wants to throw in, like become a patron, become that, a patron? that would be a, a yes. great move because we, you know, we have our bills to pay just yeah, like everybody, just like everybody else. else. And uh, the domino effect. We haven't even seen the rest of it yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't come to the bottom of the dominoes falling, right. and uh, it's going to be a big, la- loud sound when it does. Right. Hey, there's no question. And and you're right, David. It, when when you look at, um, I, I mean, you mentioned long term earlier, and if if we don't turn this around, we're going to lose some good companies. And what what our liberal friends just don't seem to understand, and and when I say liberal, I'm talking about today's Democrats and socialist Democrats. What they don't seem to understand is take take AMC for instance. I mentioned them, so let me stick with that. Let me the the movie theater house or the movie house or what, Cineplex, whatever you want to call it. It's not just the CEOs and the top echelon that's going to be hurting. It's the the teenager who has a first job tearing tickets, or or the teenager with the first job serving uh, popcorn and, and sodas. Um, it's the cleaning staff that comes in and cleans those theaters every night. You know, you see maybe some of the cleaning staff of the of the workers. Maybe they're teenagers. Maybe they're early twenties, and they're working in the movie. Everybody goes out of the movie. They run in. They pick up a few things. But let me tell you, they bring in a cleaning crew, and, and at night you don't see that. So the number of jobs that will be lost just on this one company, if they go under, we're talking millions and millions of jobs that are going to go by the wayside. And it's jobs, everything from a teenager's first job to a manager's job. And then the managers, then there's the district managers and the supervisors. There's, there's so much more to it. You know, an example comes to my mind. Back when the Bill Clinton years, you know, when Bill Clinton was president, um, he was a Democrat. Now, he wasn't a Democrat like today's Democrat, but he was still a big spending, big taxing Democrat. And one of the first things he did was levy a luxury tax. So he basically listened to his hard left flank, and they told him, you need to go stick it to the rich. And so what happened? He goes and puts a luxury yacht tax, and they said, well, go stick it to those millionaires and billionaires who have yachts. And so he did. So Bill Clinton instituted they the House passed it, the Senate passed it, and Bill Clinton signed it. And it and it was a luxury tax on the yacht industry. Well, they told you, so the elitist told the peasants that don't worry, this isn't going to affect you. It's going to affect that rich guy. We're really going to stick it to the rich guy. Well, the rich guy just turned around and said, "Well, screw you. I don't need that yacht." I won't buy that yacht, and I I won't use the yacht that I have. So what happened? You know who got hurt? The guys who cleaned the yachts got hurt. The guys who 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 provided the sinks for that yacht, 
the the manufacturers who manufacture door handles, the manufacturer who manufactures toilets, because these are specialty toilets, folks, in a boat. Um, everything that went into that boat, you go down the line, those jobs were lost. Those uh, people lost their jobs. All the way down to the guy who would be hired by the rich guy to come shine the boat because he wanted it to look pretty. Well, that guy lost his job. So who was hurt? You think the rich guy was hurt? No. He adjusts. There's a reason that he's rich. He knows how to adjust when politicians make stupid rules and stupid uh, laws. He just manages to get around them because the rich guy usually probably has made what he needs to make and can live off what he made. So, And the rich guy is going to go, I don't need that yacht. I'll go rent one somewhere else or I'll go to another country. I'll, you know, I'll go rent one. Big deal. Don't need to buy one. Was that rich guy hurt? No. Was the little guy hurt? Absolutely. The very people that today's Democrat Party continually tries to fool you that, that they care about you. Uh, you know, the Democrat is, is, is amazing to me how the Democrat Party continued to, continues to get away with using the same tactics every two years and every four years. So I should say every two years. But it's the same tactic. Uh, the the white people are bad. The Republicans want to kill you. The Republicans want dirty water. The Republicans uh, they they want money for the rich. Uh, it's always this 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 and this and that. But but in reality, they what have they done for you? What has a Democrat Party done for you? And if you're out there and you're married to the letter D. And you're complaining about, um, or you're supporting the the mob that's Black Lives Matter going going around these cities, saying that uh, they've been disenfranchised, or or black people in general, and brown people, and all people of color have been disenfranchised. Well, let me ask you this: Look at the cities. Look at Detroit. Look at uh, even the city of Atlanta. Look at Dallas. Look at New Jersey. Look at Trenton. Uh, look at New York, Manhattan. Look at the five boroughs of New York. There are five boroughs that make up New York, and every one of them are under Democrat control with no Republican in sight, and it's been that way for 30, 40-plus years. Same with Detroit, same with New Orleans, same with San Francisco, same with L.A., same with the city of Atlanta, same I – mean, I can name Baltimore. Every city I just named has a huge problem with poverty has a huge problem with incarcerating black folks and Hispanics. And what's the common denominator? Every one of those cities is run solely by Democrats. And we'll be right back. This is America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.